What's going on there, podcast land? Matthew Johnson back at it again with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. In this week's episode, I want to go back and talk about numbers again. I've done one podcast about the numbers associated with Alzheimer's and dementia, and I want to go global this time, not just focus on the U.S., but what the numbers look like worldwide. That's what we'll talk about this week in Dementia in Black and White. So let's get into this. It's, of course, always good to know what's going on around you and what's going on in your world, certainly as it relates to anything. And since this podcast is about dementia, it's good to know what's happening in your area in terms of numbers, the likelihood of you having this disease, just, you know, kind of looking at it from a national perspective, but this week I want to take a look from an international lens at this disease. Now, of course, this is data that I'm getting from various studies online, and one might want to question the data. Of course, there are certain areas where probably collecting data is more difficult than other areas. So one might conclude or assume that in more developed areas of the world, those numbers might be more accurate just because the tools and, uh, you know, research techniques are there. And, you know, of course you might be looking for it. You find what you are looking for in some uh, degrees, but So I understand that for that reason, we're just having a conversation. I'm going to posit some information out here, essentially, to discuss it. You can form your own opinions. I'll have some of my own opinions about this as well. My first article that I'm going to cite is from a website called braintest.com. And it's the article is titled Alzheimer's statistics, United States and worldwide. And it says that there are 46.8 million people living with Alzheimer's worldwide. That's worldwide Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia worldwide. And just for context, about 5 million plus are in the United States. So you already can see that even though the United States has a population, I think of about 350 million, definitely somewhere around there between 320 and 350. We're not 10% of the world's population, but it appears we represent more than 10% of the Alzheimer's cases. Right. And I would have to look up the world's population to give you that number. I don't have that right in front of me, but I know, you know, India has a billion people. China has a billion people. Uh, Africa continent now has one point two billion people. So, you know, there's several billions of people 
around the world and we're 300 million plus or so. But it also lists the top 10 countries which are most affected by Alzheimer's. And I'm going to read these 10 countries off to you in the order of that which is affected the most, the highest number of cases of Alzheimer's and other and other related dementias. And then, you know, these are still the top 10, but we're going from high to low here. So Finland, number one, United States, number two, Canada, number three, Iceland, number four, Sweden, five, Switzerland, six, Norway, seven, Denmark, eight, Netherlands, nine, and Belgium, 10. Those are the top 10 places where Alzheimer's is the highest. Hmm. What in the world? Europe and North America. (laughs) That's pretty much everything on this list. So if you happen to reside, it appears, in some of these developed places in Europe and North America, you're more likely to be touched by Alzheimer's and other related dementias than you are in other places. Who's notably not there? Interestingly enough, a lot of black and brown countries didn't make that top 10. And I'm sure they're clapping and looking around and being thankful going, glad we didn't make that list. Good to be not part of a top 10 list for change, right? And so I wanted to do a little more digging because I found that just interesting, perhaps, to say the least, as to why these countries might be the ones that end up in the top 10 list. And so then I found this article, and this is from NIH. I do a lot of quoting from NIH. Like to think they're reputable again. There could be an argument made about the NIH, whether or not they are top-notch reputation. Uh, From what I've understood and what I know, they seem to have some pretty good research there at NIH. This is from NIH, and specifically the National Library of Medicine. So it's uh, NLB, NIH, gov.gov is where I'm getting this information. And this article is titled, Why Does Finland Have the Highest Dementia Mortality Rates? And I'm going to go through and try to read some of this, but they get very technical and have some very medical terminology here that I'm sure I will fumble through and might even skip over as we get to it. But just know, essentially... What they're coming to is it's environmental. They believe that there are these environmental factors. But let me go through and and just tell you what the article says about why Finland has the highest rate of dementia. One, a climate that is both very cold and humid 
resulting in housing frequently harboring molds that are capable of producing a neurotoxic mycotoxin. All right. So moldy, humid places in Finland Two, the Gulf of Finland, as well as Finnish lakes, harbor cyanobacteria that produce neurotoxins. And they list the name of the neurotoxin. Not going to try to tell you what it says there. So essentially, number two is the lakes have bacteria in it that produces neurotoxins. And of course, you know, neurotoxins are good for the brain. Brain is where the dementia sets up. Number three, the aforementioned toxins can be potentiated by the presence of mercury and methylmercury, which can be found in Finnish waters. Environmental water, the lakes. Number four, soil in Finland is naturally low in selenium and selenium deficiency may reduce the quantity and effectiveness of glutathione. Yeah, whatever. Something about the dirt, the soil in Finland and selenium is an issue as well. So essentially it sounds like being in these developed countries is good that you have nice roads, perhaps nice airports. Some of our roads and airports are becoming a little aged. These nice factories that produce these nice cars. But depending on where you are, cold and humid places, it might not be that good of an idea in terms of having to be in a place that is maybe less developed. And maybe that isn't even not as an important factor here as much as it is some of these environmental concerns. And it doesn't say, of course, in this article, whether or not these environmental concerns are created by humans or if they are naturally occurring. But if you pay attention, you can probably weekly or so, if you were looking for it, notice that there is some oil spill in some gulf outside of some major city. There's some smoke snack. Smoke snack, smoke stack, spewing cancer causing chemicals into the air and around a particular area. There's cancers that are more prevalent in that area than others. In Flint, Michigan, there was an issue with the water, just switching the water source for certain parts of the community and now them finding high levels of lead content in that water. Companies and corporations disposing of byproducts from producing metals or producing whatever it is. Some of the things that we just really enjoy and they're nice commercials for and we become consumers of. Some of those things have byproducts that are wasteful or that become waste and that waste if it's not cared for and not disposed of properly can become environmental hazards. And so 
though this is talking about why Finland is number one, one can then extrapolate from why Finland is number one. And you can probably start to understand why the United States is number two. Even though they're talking about Finnish lakes and waterways, that can certainly apply here. And it is not an unknown fact that African-Americans, Latinos happen to be more impacted by dementia than non-blacks or non-Hispanic people. And when I look at that statistic now and just have some thought in theory, this is not coming from an article. This is coming from Matthew's head as to why that might be. One only really needs to think about when they are building some of these plants. Where do those plants get built? The plants that have the toxins that need to be disposed of that end up perhaps messing up some waterways and sources for the community to drink water or the smokestacks are spewing things that cause these problems. Usually they're not in the suburbs where the people have all the money. Usually they're disproportionately in areas where the population of the area doesn't have a lot of money to purchase politicians to advocate for them. And those communities are oftentimes over-indexed with black and brown people. So then it doesn't surprise me looking at why Finland is the number one place, highest place, And Finland is not as big as the United States. Don't quote me on that. I just don't think it is. In fact, a lot of these other European countries here compared to the U.S. and Canada, I don't think they're that big in terms of the size of the population. And yet they're in this top 10. So I just want to posit that there are some trade-offs for being in what one calls a developed country. Looking at Africa, which people look at as underdeveloped, in some cases, third world, which I don't like that term, but it's how they're characterized. I wonder if it's better to be in one of these places, given these statistics. No African countries are in the top 10. In fact, the numbers for Africa, 2.13 million uh, cases of Alzheimer's and dementia in sub-Saharan Africa. They got 1.2 billion people and half the number of cases of Alzheimer's. We have 350 million people and twice the number. And I know you might be thinking, well, you know, the medical stuff is not on point there. They don't really, you know have all the hospitals and all of that that we have here. I don't know that that's necessarily an accurate statement. And we can look at something more recently to get a snapshot 
of the rest of the world and the U.S. and some of the developed places in terms of how they dealt with this pandemic. If you look at a map where the people were dying the most, where the cases were the highest in terms of the pandemic that we're just coming out of, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Those cases, the red and the pink areas which indicate the higher number of cases are in these developed places. It's in the United States. We were leading the way there as well. And if you look at Africa, even though they were trying to pin this Omicron variant on South Africa, if you look at the African map and the numbers of cases in general and people dying from the C-19, it's not as many. They're yellow and green. Pretty much across the whole continent, there are a couple of darker green areas which are a little more you know, moderate cases, but they never really overwhelmed hospitals there. They never really had, you know, the people dying in the street there. So we have to think twice about all of the benefits that we have here. I remember, you know, going, uh, I was in Ghana, just visiting for a few weeks and having a pineapple it just remembered that how that tasted like pineapple. It was acidic. It didn't burn. It tasted fresh. It was smaller than the pineapples that we normally see here. And where I bought it, it was from a, just a guy on the street selling pineapples. But right behind him was a pineapple farm. Never seen that before. Don't know where the pineapples come from in the United States. Let me take that back. No, most of them are not even from the United States. They come from another country. Of course, you pick something from another country, they have to be picked soon or before they're ripened, so that may be why they taste the way they taste. Not sure. And then the lack of organic fruits and vegetables that we have here. Didn't mention that in this abstract, but just thinking if we're getting toxins from the streams and the air around us, we also might be getting some of these toxins that are not good for us from the food that we're eating here, whereas some of these other countries, stuff is not labeled organic. There's not a whole, it's not a whole foods that you're getting the stuff from, so it's more expensive. It is just the way it is. They grow the stuff there locally, and they eat and buy it locally. They're not getting stuff from Mexico. They're not getting stuff from you know Costa Rica for the bananas or whatever. They're not coming in on ships, the food. Most of it is just grown right there. They grow it and eat it fresh right there. It goes bad. It has seeds in it, you know, natural type food. And I would imagine if you're eating like that, if you don't have the high rates of obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, if you're walking around a lot to get from point A to point B and you're outside of your house more than you're inside of your house because your house really is just where you go to sleep in a lot of these places. It's not something you hang out in all day watching TV and playing video games. You're outside usually getting vitamin D from the sun and all of that. Maybe one of the things to do to help with this issue of Alzheimer's and these related dementias 
is to get out. To get out of the places where it is prevalent. I'm not trying to tell you to make a mad exodus toward the borders, but perhaps just expand your vacation spots to some places that are not in the top 10 of places where they have these high cases and go to some of these other places and see what they are like because it could be that the key to reducing the numbers of dementia particularly in the black and brown communities it might have to be with us getting back to our roots and how the folks are living in the places where we came from well that music means that that's our time today thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White I appreciate you being here you have a lot of choices out there for podcast I thank you for selecting this one It's wonderful what you're doing, caring for your loved one. That is a great thing. Nobody can do it better than you. But also, don't forget to take care of yourself. Self-care is even more important. Until next week, Matthew Johnson, Dementia in Black and White. I'm out.